I speak to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have come to a pivotal point in Luke's gospel. Before this, Jesus has stilled storms, healed the sick, cast out demons, befriended the outcast. But today, now, he has set his face to go to Jerusalem, to go to the place where he will be misunderstood, rejected, abused, killed. And as he pivots from his mission of preaching and teaching in Galilee to his journey to Jerusalem and the cross, Jesus makes clear the contours and the urgency of following him. Nothing can get in the way. Not even burying the dead, not even taking leave of one's own family. And Jesus makes clear that this way will be fraught with difficulties, for the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He has been trying to prepare his disciples for what this means for a long time, that to follow him is not to be mighty and in charge, but to be a servant. To follow him means that we are to be changed, that we are to behave differently in the world. To follow Jesus requires something of us rather than for us to do something to others. This is, of course, what St. Paul writes about in his letter to the Galatians. He tells us that we are free in Christ, but that freedom is not an opportunity for self-indulgence, but an opportunity to serve one another, to love one's neighbors. The world's way, the works of the flesh, are selfish. They focus on our own pleasure and on taking our own side against others in strife and jealousy anger and envy. But when we follow God's way, a way very different from the world's, we receive the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. And in love we experience and we show forth joy, peace, patience, and kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, values that are too rarely seen or rewarded in the world. This is what Jesus has been trying to teach all along. Following him means that we are to be different. We are to act differently than the world. Unfortunately, Jesus' followers then and now have trouble understanding this. For when they find on the way to Jerusalem that a village of Samaritans, a group considered as outsiders then, not religious enough, suspect, 
when that village won't receive Jesus, James and John, two of the disciples who had just witnessed the transfiguration and been told to listen to Jesus, those very disciples ask if they should command fire to come down from heaven to destroy the village. Clearly, they have not understood what Jesus is up to. And so he rebukes them. After all, he wants his disciples to change, not to try to change others through violence, not respond to rejection with hatred. And it's so hard for us to get that, isn't it? This past week, though, I learned this wonderful story of Keisha Thomas, who 20 years ago was part of a group protesting a KKK rally in her hometown of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Hundreds of protesters turned out in this liberal college town to make clear that the Ku Klux Klan had no place there. Somehow, someone from the other side, a man with an SS tattoo and a Confederate flag t-shirt, ended up on the protester side of the fence. Soon, the protesters, black and white, began chasing him, knocking him to the ground, kicking him, hitting him with the stick end of their sign. They began to yell, kill the Nazi. It was then that 18-year-old Keisha threw herself on top of the man to protect him. The photographs of this event are stunning. The white KKK sympathizer, a middle-aged man, is cowering on the ground. His shirt sort of pulled up. He's covering his head. As this young black woman covers him with her body, her arm upstretched to fend off the protesters, now a violent mob. The ones with whom we all here would sympathize with, those who oppose the KKK, those very people have been transformed by hatred into an ugly vigilante group bent on destruction. Keisha yelled to the crowd while protecting the man, you can't beat goodness into a person. The photographer who took the photos was amazed by Keisha's act, saying, she put herself at physical risk to protect someone who, in my opinion, would not have done the same for her. Who does that in this world, he asks. Who does that in this world? Well, we do.
We who follow Jesus, who know that discipleship requires hard things of us, not of others, we are supposed to do that. We are to protect and love even those who might not do the same for us. We are to protect and love those of whom we might be suspicious, those who the world tell us are less than the rest of us. I don't know if Keisha is a Christian, but she sure lived out in that short moment what Paul is talking about in his letter today. She demonstrated love and kindness, gentleness in the midst of violence. She demonstrated the self-control that allowed her to put her own body in danger. Keisha lived out what Jesus was trying to teach when he said to his disciples, you don't call down fire on those who disagree with you. She demonstrates what Jesus was trying to teach with his whole life. Friends, we live in turbulent times. I mean, don't we always? But now we have spectacular acts of violence in our very midst. We see refugees pushed out of their own countries by war. We have politicians here and abroad who use fear-mongering and inflammatory rhetoric to sway voters. But our role, our role is to follow the way of Jesus. He warns us that it will be hard. He makes clear that it is urgent. And all those years ago, even after all his teaching and miracles and loving, Jesus could see that his followers still didn't get it. So he turned to Jerusalem. His followers could not get the meaning of his words. So he decided to show them what he meant with his very life. Embodying what it means to respond to fear with courage, to rejection with embrace, to respond to hatred with love. So he walked right into Jerusalem, right into suspicion and persecution, misunderstanding and fear. He walked right unto death itself upon a cross. Because that, that is what love looks like in God's kingdom. And that's what love looks like for us, we followers of Jesus.
So friends, in the midst of our lives when hatred arises, when fear threatens, when violence erupts, let us rely on the fruit of the Spirit and respond not with the way of the world, but with gentleness, patience and kindness, with joy and faithfulness and self-control. Let us respond with love. But who does that in this world? Who does that? Well, beloved, we do. Amen.